Welcome to Global Maritime News, the podcast, bringing you the most impactful news reports and analysis across the global shipping and supply chain industry over the past half week. I'm Levine, your host, and as of Sunday, the 23rd of January, 5 p.m. Singapore time, these are the major stories. First, over in Brazil, MSC has suspended intermodal operations due to the threat of drug cartels. And over in China, Yantian Terminal has restricted container entry to ease congestion. Speaking of Chinese ports, SIPG and MSC have a new empty container center joint venture, and this would help to scale up empty container management and handling capabilities. Also in the podcast, despite US sanctions on Iranian oil, China reports the first import of Iranian crude oil in a year. Over in the Middle East, Yemen's ticking time bomb in the form of a floating storage and offloading tanker could be worse than the ever given crisis and Exxon Valdez oil spill. And later, we talk about the world's first hydrogen ship arriving to load its first cargo and more about the greener and more ambitious EU maritime emission trading scheme that has just emerged. So to start off, over in South America, MSC was forced to suspend intermodal operations in Brazil due to drug cartels. The world's largest container line has indefinitely suspended some land operations in Brazil ports, and this was done to prevent the threat of drug cartels infiltrating containers bound for North America and Europe. Mediterranean shipping company stated in a notice sent to clients in Brazil last week that criminals were intercepting containers to ship drugs overseas. As a result, Geneva-based MSC has decided to halt operations of stuffing and pre-stacking of road, rail, and barge containers for exports throughout Brazil indefinitely. Santos, dubbed as cocaine's World Trade Center, has become a crucial linchpin in the global cocaine trade. Much of this is coming from the rise of PCC, a powerful drug gang that dominates Sao Paulo. This gang has quickly extended its drug trafficking network across the region as they control major cocaine trafficking routes so that the drug being produced in Bolivia can be swiftly transported through Paraguay and Brazil onto Santos port. The announcement of suspended intermodal operations comes as MSC prepares to expand its presence in Brazil, Latin America's largest country with the impending acquisition of Brazilian regional container shipping operator Login Logistica. Drug seizures on MSC ships have made headlines in recent years, with American authorities temporarily withdrawing the Liners Customs Trade Partnership Certification, in short CTPAT, after a record of 1.1 billion US dollars of cocaine was discovered on the MSC Guyan in 2019. The importance of clamping down on drug trafficking by ships was highlighted by data from the International Chamber of Shipping. According to ICS, nearly 90% of all cocaine and almost half of all cannabis seized globally during January 2017 to April 2020 were trafficked by sea. Continuing on in China, Yantian Terminal restricts container entry to ease congestion. With containers overflowing in and out of its borders, the operators of Shenzhen, largest port facility, Yantian, have ruled that full containers can only be trucked in four days before vessels are scheduled to berth. 
Shenzhen, the world's fourth largest container port, is experiencing severe congestion just ahead of the Chinese New Year holidays, which has been exacerbated by recent COVID-19 outbreaks that have forced parts of the city into lockdown. Ships arriving in Yantian must currently wait approximately one week for a birth space. According to Q&N Angel's global congestion map, Shenzhen was the world's third most congestioned port as of Wednesday, trailing only behind Los Angeles and Long Beach in Southern California and Shanghai and Ningbo on China's east coast. New analysis published on Friday by British risk management firm Russell Group also suggested that port congestion at Shanghai is costing an estimated 4.5 billion U.S. dollars. A week in lost trade, so it is truly vital that Yantian does not follow in the port congestion footsteps of Shanghai. Speaking of ports in China, SIPG and MSC have a new empty container center joint venture. China's busiest port operator, Shanghai International Port Group, and the world's largest container line, Mediterranean Shipping Company, have agreed to co-invest in an empty container dispatching center. The two parties will collaborate to build a Northeast Asia empty container distribution center at Shanghai's Yangshan port. This will help to improve Shanghai's service capability as a global shipping hub port. Continuing on in China, China has reported the first import of Iranian crude oil in a year. According to customs data released on Thursday, China most recently imported about 260,000 tons of Iranian crude oil in December 2021. According to an article released by Reuters on Friday, China offloaded nearly 4 million barrels of Iranian crude oil into state reserve tanks in the southern port city of Zhangjiang over the past few weeks. This was from information given by Vortexa Analytics, a trade source and ship tracking specialist. The move comes as world powers are locked in tough calls with Iran to resurrect a 2015 nuclear agreement that includes the lifting of U.S. sanctions on Iranian oil. Iran, which has the world's fourth largest oil reserves, is heavily reliant on oil revenue, but sanctions have prevented it from operating at full capacity since 2018. Over in the Middle East, Yemen's ticking FSO time bomb could be worse than the ever given crisis. Salvers and risk modelers have warned of a potential environmental and supply chain calamity if a decaying Yemeni ship leaks crude oil into the Red Sea. The safer FSO floating storage and offloading tanker has been decaying off the Yemeni port of Ras Issa since 2015 and threatens to dump 1.1 million barrels of oil into the Red Sea. Saying no effort should be spared to conduct a technical assessment and initial light repairs back in 2020, the UN's environmental chief Inger Andersson had already highlighted this issue to the UN's Security Council, adding that in the long term, the best solution is for the oil to be offloaded from the FSO first, so that it could be towed to a safe location for inspection and dismantling. However, since then there has been no progress. The ship is owned by Yemen's Safer ENP Operation Co, but it has been idle since March 2015, when the region fell under the control of the Houthi rebels. The UN has long warned to get inspectors on board the FSO, but rebel Houthi authorities have refused. If there's a leak, it could affect all the countries in the Red Sea, meaning that the geographically proximate Suez Canal could be affected as well. 
as demonstrated in the Ever Given incident where an evergreen container was stuck in the Suez Canal for days that disrupted global supply chains, what seemed like a very localized issue can have very far-reaching consequences on a global scale. As the supply chain is already currently in snarls because of the pandemic, it is thus imperative to ensure that no further threats are made to an already super-stretched thin supply chain. The demolition market reaches a historic low in the second half of 2021, as only four container ships were scrapped in that time period. This is not particularly surprising given the record-breaking markets where unprecedented profits could be made, especially with the free-of-debt older tonnage. Looking into the near future, Alpha Liner Shipping Consultancy expects demolition numbers to remain low in the medium term as owners continue to steer clear of the demolition market, as long as the container charter market retains its strength. This is seen to extend beyond the first half of 2022, but with a slew of new buildings expected to push older and smaller tonnage to the demolition yards, next year could see a significant increase in scrapping deals. Alpha Liner further elaborated that the immense charter rates have prompted non-operating owners to retain their older ships that are aged between 20 to 30 years old many of which would have already been scrapped had the market turned out differently. The average duration of charter fixtures of these older vessels were analyzed to be much longer than before, with the bulk of them having multi-year deals. These agreements will significantly extend the life of some older vessels with some units locked into contracts until 2025. Over in Australia, the world's first hydrogen ship has arrived to load pioneering cargo. Shipping's zero-carbon voyage begins as this hydrogen carrier loads its first cargo on the Suiso frontier to demonstrate that international trading in liquefied hydrogen is possible. The 1,250 cubic meter Suiso frontier built in 2021 is the vessel central to the hydrogen energy supply chain project. It berthed at Hastings near Melbourne in Southeast Australia on Thursday after a 9,000-kilometer, 16-day voyage. After depressurizing the single cargo tank at the quayside, the vessel will be loaded with liquefied hydrogen produced by brown coal gasification. Suiso Frontier is then expected to leave in a few days for the return pioneering-laden voyage to Japan's Iwantani core-managed liquefied hydrogen receiving terminal Hightouch in Kobe. And just before we go, a greener and more ambitious EU maritime emission trading scheme has emerged. If agreed upon, these new changes will put additional pressure on the maritime industry to transition to cleaner fuels sooner than previously planned. The EU ETS is a key pillar in the EU's policy to combat climate change and is a key tool for reducing greenhouse gas emissions cost-effectively. It is also the world's first carbon market and remains the biggest one. So some key amendments include full reporting on emissions to commence in 2025. With this amendment, shipping companies will have to surrender 100% of their verified emission allowances a year earlier than originally proposed. So though these new amendments are a positive sign for sustainability advocates and environmental groups, the draft report is still the first step in a very lengthy process. And that is all for now. If you want to comment on this podcast and the topics that we have covered, 
You can send us an email. The address is maritimenewspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Global Maritime News. I'm Lubin Tan, and until next time, goodbye.